Hi everyone, it's Sandy Cruz from Sandy K Nutrition, health and lifestyle queen. And I'm here to show you that balanced living works. This is especially for all you ladies over 40. We will cover a range of exciting topics with many special guests and I really look forward to this season. Bye for now. Hi everyone and welcome to Sandy K Nutrition Health and Lifestyle Queen. Today with me I have a special guest. Her name is Tammy Cunningham and she is a communication and leadership trainer and I'm going to kind of backtrack a little bit on why and how I connected with Tammy. I think that Tammy and I knew each other from either kindergarten or grade one and we went to public school together and high school and then you know we parted ways and kind of went on with life and connected on Facebook and what really drew me to Tammy is she had some challenges some bumps in the road with her health and I became fascinated with her attitude because as most of you know I also had cancer and there are many things I learned along the way and not many people have the attitude that Tammy has and I want to welcome Tammy to my show today so welcome Tammy thank you yay I'm very excited to have you and I became, you know, I was following your story on Facebook as a Facebook friend. And perhaps you can just start with telling us your story. Okay, well, um, I, like, uh, are you thinking mostly my diagnosis story? Yeah, like so what I'll happened? Let's, let's oh, get yeah. into what happened. Because I think that in our 50s and you know, I just turned 50 this year. I think you're probably around the same age as me. Uh -huh. A lot of women start to get signs and symptoms in their 40s. And often, you know, when those signs are ignored, it can possibly manifest into illness. And really, I want to find out what happened. Like, and, and I want to use your story to inspire others, really. Awesome. Well, uh... Last year, I went, I was on business for like five weeks in Vancouver, and I was so excited to be hiking and going into the, the mountains and everything, but when I got there, I felt craptastic. Mm. I felt terrible, and I thought, is this me, you know, like you said, we're in our 50s, is this me winding down, you know, is this like my new normal? Right. And... Um, I found that I wasn't breathing well, and um, also I I just felt um, like I, I kind of had had developed a big belly, and I was like, "Is this it? Like, am I one of these people that gets a big round belly, and that's my life now?" You know. Mm -hmm. And um, so uh, when I got back from the trip, uh, I was so busy, uh, but I uh, I I had these ongoing symptoms. So I, I went to the doctor, I think it was in late January, I finally got to the doctor after running around so much. 
Um, and uh, they called me actually before I even got home with the, the ultrasound results. Um, initially, I was misdiagnosed, and uh, they said it was a ovarian cyst that was just going to pop. Okay. But actually, it turned out to be endometrial cancer. Oh. Oh. Okay. Endometrial cancer. Yeah. So I. Uh, I never felt uh, bad about it. I thought, okay, well, this is part of my journey, you know. Right. Uh, but uh, my family kind of went crazy. <laughs> Everybody went into doomsayer, right? Right. But um, I just, I just felt like this is part of my journey. This is what I'm supposed to be learning about right now, and um, uh, I was glad to be. I mean, I kind of missed the days when it was uh, an ovarian cyst. <laughs> right. <laughs> so so much easier. But was that what it was before, Tammy, or? That's what it was. It was the endometrial, endometrial cancer. Right, but you didn't have an ovarian cyst then, right? No, it wasn't oh, okay. a cyst at all. Okay. No, it was a, yeah. Um, I was misdiagnosed by um, uh, a doctor that was covering for my family doctor. Okay, okay. And they said, go home. It's just going to pop on your own. Oh. And, uh, you know, don't you don't even need to go to the hospital. So I went home to pop this cyst. Oh, God. And I thought, oh, my God. This, this seems scary. Yeah. And I, that's, I cried when I found out it was a cyst. But when I found out it was cancer, I was like, okay, well, this is, now I'm going to get help. I don't have to be by myself to try to sort through this. Okay. Now, yeah. in terms of, so this this diagnosis happened when? So the di- it took a little while to actually get the final diagnosis. So I went in January. Okay. And they did an ultrasound, and then I got an appointment with my gynecologist. And then so actually it was March the 6th is when I got the actual final diagnosis. And I she'd already booked me at the Princess Margaret Hospital. So I've been doing all my stuff through Princess Margaret. Okay. And in terms of... The actual, like, did they give you a stage? Is it, you know, did they tell you anything about that? Oh, yeah. Well, they didn't tell me any of the staging stuff um, right away. They, I had to go for CT scans and all that stuff. But I kind of made some guidelines and rules for myself. So um, one of the things is I think that when people find out a stage, they go, oh, well, the, here's the statistical uh, situation. This is what it, you know, hundred percent, right? Yeah. hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. So, so literally, uh, only two of my friends know what stage it was. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I like that. Yeah. I just kept it to myself. I just decided like, uh, I'm not going to, it's just a number. Yes. Right? It's, just a, it's just a number. So, oh my gosh. Know, so, I love yeah. that, Tammy, because yeah. I know, okay, this is going back in uh, 1998, I believe it was, my mom had non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, and they gave us a stage, and then they also, this is, you know, going back quite a bit of time, and then they also gave us, you know, statistics of survival, right. and I am going to agree with you that not knowing that is probably better I like that. Yes. Well, I really believe in manifesting. 
And I think that um, when we start to plant that concept in people's minds, then they, you know, everybody around me could take on that attitude. And since my family was so upset, you know, they were so upset about it. Of and course. my mom was like, you, you know, you're really sick. And I'm like, I just have a little touch of cancer. Like, they're going to take it out. <laughs> oh, my fun. gosh. Like, yeah. So I, I just didn't feel that going into those that deep stuff was a good idea you know I don't know how it was for you but but Princess Margaret has a portal so I can read all the stuff all of the results right and I have read some of those results but mostly I just decided I'm a lover not a fighter I'm not going to get a medical degree in this condition I'm going to trust the doctors, trust the process, and and supplement with my own, you know, my own um, non-medical uh, stuff, you know, yeah. juicing and taking vitamins and, you know, all of that kind of stuff, meditation. So, um, yeah, so I just made those decisions. And I actually also decided that we, we weren't going to use, I'm we, we calling it the C word, I just call it the little C and... Um, I, I, I believe that the reason that I got it, not that it's anybody's fault to get sick. It's not your fault to get sick. Yeah. Yeah. I, I do believe that situations and occurrences get stuck and stored in a person's body. And so I just think that that's where my trauma ended up, you know, just old childhood trauma, stuff that I wasn't able to deal with got stuck there, ended up being cancer. And so I, you know, I named my, my, the, the tumors. One was in the ovary and one was the uh, uterus. So I named them Cindy and George. And <laughs> so that we went, when we talked about it, it was just Cindy and George. It wasn't the C word. It, you know, we weren't talking about cancer all day. We were talking about Cindy and George and, um, uh, yeah, so it made a, a whole different attitude. Anyway, that's my long-winded way of saying, um, who cares about stage number, you know? <laughs> I, I, you know what, I fully, fully align with that. I personally am a person who needs to know everything. And I have, and you know, I'm not saying it's right. It's just me. And I'm a statistics person, not math. I'm not, it's not funny. I'm not mathematical, but I like to know the stats as it relates to health. So, you know, I have an aura ring that measures, you know, my heart rate variability when I sleep and I, you know, like all those kinds of things. But I completely understand what you're saying because the second your mind shifts and goes somewhere with a lot of people. It can't come back out again and it stays there. Mm -hmm. Right. Yes. So yeah. I can, I guess for me and everybody's different. And so I completely would understand why anybody wouldn't want to know the stage and what really drew me to you. And this is what I'm saying, folks. Like I talk about this all the time. I talk about energy and really we are energy. Our bodies are made up of mitochondria, which fuels our energy. We are made up of energy. And so Tammy did 
talk about her journey in such a way that I never really saw from anyone else. And I loved it, like the little C. And, you know, I'm not criticizing anybody. Everyone has a right to to deal with things the way they feel comfortable. So I'm not criticizing anyone. I just personally align with Tammy in that I don't believe that you want to give power and energy to things that you don't want to overpower you. Does that make yeah. sense, Tammy? That makes perfect sense to me, yes. And also, I think that when we're, we're with other people, they become part of our energy field. Yes. And they become co-conspirators in whatever we're manifesting for ourselves. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, so, you know, and I, you know, I remember somebody talking about um, another person who had gotten a little C and they they were diagnosed at a high stage and so then they were like, oh, they're a goner. Mm-hmm. So that's what they were manifesting for that person and that's not what I want manifested for me. I'm not a goner. You know? Right. I'm here right now. We don't need to deal with the, that kind of future, catastrophic future thinking. Okay, well, instead yeah. of... We know what treatments are necessary for the most part. We know chemotherapy is often involved and we know all of that. But really, what I want to hear about most is what methods did you use to stay in that mindset? Because like I just said, it's hard for a lot of people not to go there. Absolutely. Well, I think mostly it was pre-training. You know, if you if you want to play a good game of tennis, you need to have played a lot of tennis ahead of time. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. I've been working on my attitude and my um, manifesting for many years. And part of that was to, you know, the training that I did professionally to become a facilitator and trainer, um, to be able to see things more clearly and to um, let go of any triggers and that sort of thing. Okay, so, so the- I just had a, already a different journey, but I think that um, some of the most important things is to trust, like to trust the process. I hear a lot of people when they're going through a medical situation not trusting, and certainly even in my family, my family's been like, they should have done this, and they should have done that, and I'm mm-hmm. like, well, I don't think so. I think that they did what they could, and medicine is almost an art in itself Mm -hmm. you know like when people when people look at a wound you know like I still have a wound that's open and um when when I go to the clinic and they look at the wound they have to assess the state of the wound in that moment and then figure out what they're going to do with it so it's it's not always exactly the same and some of it is a bit trial and error but people often get into this really negative blamey untrusting state um and i think that if you really don't trust your doctor you should get a new one you know like definitely i was misdiagnosed by that fellow and no i don't want to see that fellow again like we're done over yeah. there like, yeah yeah and that's fine and see that's again your attitude it's not like you have hard feelings or negative feelings or anger it's just like okay well 
you know what, that happened. I moved on and I found what was more appropriate for me in terms of a doctor. And I'm going to trust in that process now. So I love that. I absolutely love that. And so do you do a lot of meditation? I do meditate um, usually every day. Mm -hmm. And then the other thing I do, which I consider a type of meditation, is gratitude journals. Yes. Gratitude journals are amazing. Yes. And, um, you know, um, but the thing that I did with Cindy and George was I just talked to Cindy and George every single day. Oh, interesting. And people were like, "I'm you got to fight this cancer." And my friend was, you know, uh, "You got to fight Cindy and you know kick her to the curb and blah blah." And I was like, "I think that Cindy's been doing me a service. Actually, she's been holding my trauma." So instead, what I did was I talked to Cindy and George, and I said, "Thank you, thank you so much for taking care of what I couldn't take care of." I didn't even remember, you know, whatever was stuck in it. Thank you. So I talked to Cindy and George every single day. That is so powerful, Tammy. Like, wow. So, you know, that, I don't know if you've read a lot of Eckhart Tolle. Oh, I love Eckhart. Oh, I figured. I figured because he talks (laughs) a lot about that, that push and pull and, you know, what you're really, what energy you're bringing forth. And, you know, okay. So I do swear on my podcast, but, you know, you see the t-shirts, fuck cancer all the time. Yeah. And yeah. I personally, again, I am not criticizing anybody who chooses to go that route, but I don't align with it because to me it's really strong um, energy, very forceful, harsh, strong. So I choose the route of, well, I had cancer and my daughter had cancer when she was five. And you know, these are all not punishments. I don't believe in punishments, but I believe they're just part of my journey. And there's something there for me to learn from. Exactly. Exactly. That's how I feel too. Like it was such, it was so much learning and teaching. It slowed me down. Yeah. So that I had to really look at things and it changed the dynamics of a lot of my relationships because I'm often a a caretaker in my relationships. And so I actually had to slow down and be taken care of, which was completely different for me. Right. Yeah, and I couldn't say, no, no, never mind, I'm fine, because I wasn't, I needed help. (laughs) Yes, of course, you did. And I think that's that's great that you have people in your life to support you. I think you're very fortunate in that way. Yes, thank you. Um, Now, did you ever get to a place to allow yourself, like, to feel sad or scared or, you know, in those times when you've been alone. Absolutely. Like, it's, it's been a, a roller coaster. And, um, you know, I, I went for the ultrasound in January, and I didn't get the final diagnosis until March. Mm-hmm. So I had that period of time. And, um, and I was, I think I annoyed my family by being super philosophical about it all. <laughs> 
Well, but I did. I did make a will, and I, you know, I wrote out my wishes for a funeral, and I um, thought about, uh, you know, like if I'm in if I'm in peril, I got a living will. I made a living will. Okay. And all of that kind of stuff. So I really, and I really came to the fact that um, I wasn't afraid to die. But what I, what did upset me and made me cry was upsetting my family. Yes. Like I just don't want my family to be hurt. Yes. You know, uh, my mother was as um, one of seven kids and there's only the two of them left. And I just was like, oh, I just don't want my mom to have to go through that if, you know, I wouldn't want to predecease my mom. Right. Just because of her feelings. But I wasn't afraid to die. And I certainly, like, you know how it is when you go through this process. Like, uh, I have nearly died. Uh, you know, chemo is a very powerful drug. And it, uh, um, I had a massive allergic reaction to the chemotherapy in the oh, beginning. Wow. Yeah, so I went into anaphylactic shock, and then that's when I realized, oh, I don't, I'm not afraid to actually be dead, but that dying seems really awful. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! Shock, you can really feel your whole organs and everything. Wow. So, yeah, that was crazy. So I've definitely had those moments, and um, uh. I was really, I had really hoped that the chemotherapy could clear everything up. And uh, I'm glad that I spent some time thinking, yeah, it's just going to clear it up. But ultimately, I did have to have the hysterectomy. So I, I had a couple of glum days where like, oh, I had to have the hysterectomy. But then in the end, um, I was looking forward to it. And um, yeah, so I definitely have had those glum moments um, or when, you know, like sometimes the doctor, they okay, we have to be really realistic. And, you know, they give you that big, long thing, you know. Yeah. So these are all the things that can happen. And, you know, I leave the office, like, I feel like I just got hit in the face with a frying pan. Right, <laughs> right. What do you mean I can have a colostomy bag and I can have this, I can have that? Oh, my <laughs> goodness. Like, get it stuck a little bit in those fearful things. Of course. Yes, but in the end, um, uh, it's like, okay, well, I'll just follow the process. And my surgery didn't... Like, 60% of people have this kind of surgery. The wound does open up again because of the soft tissue. Is this the hysterectomy, so, Tammy? The hysterectomy, yeah. So the wound opened up. And so I was I was definitely glum about that. Uh, but I realized it's just part of the process. So usually my any sort of glumness lasts maybe two or three days tops. But I, I think that's okay. Yeah. I, I think that's okay because... You know, I think false positivity is dangerous, and I do believe that we need to feel, and I say this actually on, you know, all my social media platforms, that we need to feel all the feels. And when you, yeah, yeah, we need to, like, so you can still be positive and have a few days of being glum, and that's okay. And it's it's just feeling it, but you're not being fake and walking around and saying, everything's fine, everything's fine, I'm good, I'm perfect, I'm great, when you're not. And being positive in terms of your outlook is a whole other ball. It's almost like I see it, you know, there's there's the small picture and then there's the big picture. 
Mm-hmm. Does that make sense to you? It totally makes sense to me. Absolutely. So, yes. day, you know, there might be a couple days where you feel scared or after you leave the doctor's office or whatever. It's okay. You feel those feelings. But in the big picture, you can have a positive outlook. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah, and that's how I feel. Like I, I truly believe that, like forcing yourself to always be inauthentically positive, is actually part of the storing trauma. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like every time you don't let yourself have this feeling and you swallow it down, well, where is it supposed to go? Right. And I actually, when I, um, when I, they had set this date for the surgery. And when it was coming up, they did the CT scan and they discovered that I had a blood clot, which is very normal for people with cancer to get uh, a blood clot. So I couldn't have the surgery. So they started me with the chemotherapy right away. Well, as soon as I started chemotherapy, everything is so sensitive in the body. I don't know if you had to do chemotherapy. I did not. Nope. They just took out my thyroid. Oh, that's great. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, so the chemotherapy just makes all of your tissues very tender. And so, like, my throat was very tender. Going to the bathroom was very tender. But also what I discovered was um, the things that I had still been sort of choking down, like feelings, I just couldn't do it. I just couldn't. couldn't sit and listen to anybody complaining at length, whereas before I would just sit there and just listen and I couldn't, um, I, I just couldn't put up with people telling me a lie as an example. Uh, and I'd just be like, dude, that literally makes me feel sick. And then I realized that's been making me sick the whole time. Wow. It's just, I was, you know, I was strong enough to handle it, but it was, it's been making me sick the whole time. So. Interesting. Wow. Yeah. That's fascinating. So so, it forced me to be more authentic, and that's what I've been working towards, you know, my entire adult life is authenticity, and so this has just forced a new level of authenticity for me. Wow, it's almost like <laughs> you're you're kind of hmm. How do I say this without sounding too crap? Like you're you're kind of done with the bullshit. It's like everybody be real. Like just yeah. <laughs> lay it all out. Like there's no reason. To be full of it. Let's just all be who we are. Exactly. Yeah. So here's what advice would you give to anybody? Because, okay, first of all, I'm going to go back because you briefly touched on some of the symptoms. And because most of my listeners are women over 40, you explained that you had low energy, you had a severe like bloating Mm -hmm. did you have any pain or any other warning uh you know all the warnings were that crept up on me slowly okay so yeah i just i thought i attributed all to oh this is this menopause oh this must be menopause okay and so are you were you pre or post menopausal at the time I was not menopausal, but now I certainly... Uh, it just <laughs> threw you right in there. It's like it, you pummeled right into menopause. No, um, actually, it's it's not really... I mean, it's 
it's funny, but it's not funny. My yeah. mom, exactly the same thing. She was pre before she was 52 and she was pre. And then once she had to do the chemotherapy and the radiation, she was post. So yeah, yeah. but, but your situation is different because you had to have a hysterectomy. Yes. Yeah, okay. I had the hysterectomy. And um, if, if anybody's out there listening and you're pre-hysterectomy and they're going to take it out for you, I'm going to tell you, I felt so much better that, like, literally in the recovery room. Really? I felt, I felt so much better already. I've heard that from, actually, two women that I know who have had hysterectomies. Yeah, it was a complete game changer for me. Not cancer, but hysterectomies. Yes, like it was, I just felt so much better. And I realized that I had been, you know, sort of spiraling down uh, for a few years. And it took a few years for this to build up. Uh -huh. I just didn't know that it was building up. Right, right. Yeah. So there were signs, obviously. It's not like it was just thrown out of nowhere. Yes, and then I, ha I was, had been looking at pictures of myself and had the, this big bloated belly and... So when I had the hysterectomy, actually the day after I was weighed, or maybe a couple of days after, and I lost 25 pounds. Oh my gosh. And that's wow. very typical of a hysterectomy, that people lose a huge amount of weight because the um, it wasn't just the uterus and the ovaries and everything that were enlarged, but it created all this fluid, this sort of angry fluid around it. Inflammation. Uh, Yes, exactly. Right? Yes. Very acidic. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, they also took a lot of fluid out. So then um, th the nurse in the recovery room was so sweet. And <laughs> she, was, she said, do you want to know how much fluid they took out of you? And she was so <laughs> excited to tell her. I was like, yeah, tell me. And she said, they took out six liters of fluid. Oh, my gosh. So that was like the level of retention that was going on inside of that ovary, especially and the uterus and around the, and then all this fluid that was just around it. So no wonder I felt just so much better. Yeah. Because the organs, everything just kind of became toxic, right? Had to, yeah, it was totally toxic. Had to go. Acidic. Yeah. Wow. So I probably went alkaline. <laughs> well, yeah. I felt so much better. Yeah. I mean, that's that's actually very positive that you you said that. So you felt better after. I mean, when I had my thyroid removed, I I don't know. I don't know how I felt. I don't know. This was going back nine years ago, but I you know we all have our challenges. Let's just say. Um, so what advice? would you give to anybody who has any kind of major health setback? So for themselves and then as somebody who's um, got family. So, you know, if I had a friend, a close friend, what advice would you give that person as well? Well, what I would say is decide what you really need for yourself in terms of how you want to go through it and then let everybody know this is how I'm doing it. Oh, good. You know, so if you're a fight, 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 uh, the little C person, you do the fight, 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 that's totally fine. Right. 
Right. And then if you, but if you're like me, I just made rules like let's not use the C word. Um, I didn't tell people my stage. I, um, and I told people to think of it in a really positive light. I asked people not to call Cindy and George names. Right. <laughs> my friend was like, that bitch Cindy, you know, <laughs> she's just doing her best, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Please stop calling her those names. <laughs> so, although afterwards I was making the doctors laugh because after she was out, I said, I think that bitch was trying to kill me. <laughs> <laughs> See, this is what I mean. Your attitude. It's great, Tammy. Oh, my God. You're hilarious. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so that's what I would say is recruit everybody to um, that you're going to tell to how you want to handle it at least in front of you and that's cool that's cool if you don't want to tell anybody don't let anybody pressure you to tell your story it's your story yes yes when you're ready to talk about it you know I didn't tell anybody for a while it was just a very small circle and I had a lot of pressure from especially from my mom she wanted to tell all my uncles and my great you know my great uncles and she wanted me to tell you know and I, I was like I'm not ready I'm not there yet yeah I, I need to suss myself out yeah and uh, so then then when I was when I was ready I told people which is good and yeah. I think you know your mom obviously she was going through a lot herself right and yeah. so she was hurting but what i love is what you said is just you know kind of respect your wishes and then if your mom wants to go and you know go in a corner and start swearing at Cindy and whatever it is then that's fine <laughs> but with yeah. i think it's important that when those people if they're standing beside you, that they stand beside you to support you in the way that you need to be supported. Mm-hmm. Exactly, yeah. And yeah. in terms of your own mindset, your own, like, what would you say if, what advice would you give somebody if they had a major health setback? What would you tell them? Well, I would tell people, um, make sure that you have someone that you can talk to about the worst case scenario that, you know, isn't going to be like, oh my God, you know, yeah. have, have someone to talk to about that kind of stuff. You know, like when I was, I didn't know, you know, what would the next step was and all that stuff. And I wrote my will and I did all that. I have a really good friend. And she was able to hold that space for me to say, well, I'm just telling you that, um, you know, if I do die, this is what I want for myself. And, you know, so she was actually able to hold that because trying to talk to people about it, you really have to select the the right person to talk about it. And it may be that you have to hire uh, a therapist or someone to talk about it. Right, right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, because sometimes so, people are too close and they can't do it your way, right? Yes, yeah, exactly, exactly. Either like, you know, my mom was so 
um, well, you're really, really sick. So I didn't want to tell her I was writing my will. <laughs> right. I was that stuff because I needed her to, to come up to the same level as me uh, in, in believing in the process. It's just that for me, I understood that if, if the process meant that this was the final chapter, then, um, you know, I was okay with it, but she wasn't, so I didn't include her in that part. Which all. is fine, and that's yeah. that's good. But it's yeah. hard, too, Tammy, because it sounds like while you needed help, you were also, you couldn't really set aside your your feelings and care for other people as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you need you definitely need that person or people that you can just say, okay, here's here it is. I'm scared. This is the thing that I'm thinking about. I need to have you know. Should I give my jewelry? How should I divide? You know, like oh gosh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Who, who can I? I was like, well, you know, and I even got to the point where I was like, if it's going to be a terrible ending, then. I'll, I'll get assisted suicide. Like, that's how I was thinking, right? Yeah. Um, but does that mean that I could go to my own funeral? And <laughs> oh, my goodness. Can I go to my own funeral? Like, why don't I just go? You know, it would be fun. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> so, um, but I think that definitely for anybody who's going through this as well, to, you know, really... Um, Take the lessons, take the life lesson from it, oh, um, because yeah. it is going to teach you so much beautiful stuff along the way, so many beautiful lessons about, you know, for me, of course, it was about surrendering to the help and caring. So I would say surrender to help and caring. That That's a big, huge thing. Um, and uh, write down... Uh, what's going on for you through the process as well. So you can look back on how it went, you know. You can kind of track it a little bit. And then the other thing is make sure that you're always taking time to breathe deeply because when we do get glum about something, we tend to close down our breathing. Mm -hmm. We tend to diminish it a lot, and we do fear, fear depth of breathing, you know, just breathing like, shallow sort of yeah. yeah super shallow so keep doing as big breaths as you can possibly do and and i call them yoga breaths because people people go, oh, and what's wrong you know you take a deep breath and then what's wrong no there's nothing wrong i'm just taking yoga breaths right now right so take those yoga breaths throughout the entire day and i would say be also as physical as possible so I still, I can't really go out and walk around in the community. You know, I'm still pretty fresh from chemo. My last chemo, as you know, because I rang the bell and everything. Yes. Congrats. And, um, but what I do do is after breakfast and after dinner, I walk for an hour. It's in my house. Right. <laughs> I walk for an hour. And even if I don't feel like it, I just, I just do it because I know it's going to help my body. Especially now that I don't have those regulating hormones. Right. From my uterus and everything. So. Right. Wow. Um, That's great I also advice. pursued a lot of information about health and nutrition, which is where you come in, right? Mm-hmm. With your all your beautiful information about nutrition and um, because 
our bodies do go a little crazy during this period. Yes. And and so we need to supplement ourselves uh, nutritionally. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, absolutely. I mean, listen, we all live such busy lives. My daughter actually made lunch for me today because I'm between two podcasts. This is my second podcast recording today. And, you know, I'm trying to teach my kids that, you know, you can in 15 minutes whip up something that's nutritional yourself, right? Although we get caught up in this whole, okay, let me just throw this frozen thing in the microwave, right? So, yeah, I agree. And you know what I thought was really heartwarming was when I saw that so many people were bringing you home-cooked food and meals and easy things that, you know, you wouldn't have to do. I thought that was just so lovely when I saw that. That was beautiful. Yeah, and that was through, they did it through an app called Meal Train. So I highly recommend that. Oh, very cool. Yeah, it was it's so so. There's like a calendar, and you can put in the things that you can eat and not eat because, you know, uh, chemotherapy sort of changes your t- taste buds. So, yeah. uh, anything chocolate or mint tasted terrible to oh, me. Oh, really? Yeah, there's just certain foods I just could not eat them. So, um, meal train was amazing, but all of those things contribute to feeling better. So, if you're eating nutritionally, if when I eat nutritionally then I feel better. When I am taking my deep yoga breaths and doing, you know, an hour walking in the morning and the afternoon, I feel better. It yes. elevates my mood. Yes. Yes. It, like it's all a game changer. Yeah. I, I talk a lot about that. Every single day I do my best to get out and walk in nature and I happen to have a Bernadoodle who has to walk <laughs> about an hour a day or she is insane. So it's really good because, you know, and I, I don't walk just on the sidewalks. I go in the forest. I go in the ravines. I'm fortunate that I live near nature. And I think everyone could find some nature around them, whether it's the lake or the water or trails or whatever. So I do love that. I love that you're talking about that. My gosh, Tammy, you have incredible advice. Thank you. Is there anything else you would like to add before I close off? I want to thank you so much for acknowledging me. This has been so beautiful. I really appreciate you so much. Oh, well, thank you. And I appreciate you. But that's what I mean. This is what I'm talking about, a connection and that energy. And sometimes you just get drawn to people. And I think that this is, you know, a a door that was, you know, closed for many years. We went on after high school with our lives and then reconnected and I just felt like I needed to do that and I love what you're saying Tammy so thank you and I am going to wish you the absolute best in your health journey and I'm also going to include your contact information because you're a wonderful speaker as well so Thank you. I'm going to include your contact information in my show notes for anybody who's listening. They can contact Tammy as she is a professional communication and leadership trainer. So thank you, Tammy. And thank you all for joining. And we'll talk next week. Bye for now.
Join me next week where I cover off more exciting topics. I hope to continue to engage you and excite you and show you that living in your 40s, 50s and beyond can be exciting, balanced and healthful. Bye for now.